What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is episode number 55, and Uttal and I discuss a bunch of topics ranging from a film called Cherry Falls that Uttal very much liked. We discuss Robert Pattinson's test footage as Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Um, Uttal tries to convince me to watch The Lighthouse again, and Sam Raimi joined Doctor Strange allegedly as the director, which is kind of dope and kind of scary all at the same time, no pun intended. And lastly, we also discuss a little bit about the whole VFX uh, outrage around some comments and jokes that were made at the Academy Awards regarding the movie Cats. Uh, It's silly. People are too sensitive. But anyways, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. I am one of your harbingers of doom, Atul Katru. I am Justin Carcassoli, and I must compliment you, sir. You did not fuck up the intro once. That was your first take, and I think you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Before, I'd have to repeat it more than once, because I'd say the welcome to the welcome to your welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, the last time, the last episode was a fucking nightmare. I think I cut that part out, and I regret it. No, no. You should, we should, I mean, I think minor editing for screw-ups like that is is 100% okay. When they're at the beginning and the end, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's in the middle where you have that to middle like editing. drag waveforms across. Bro, like, <laughs> I can't. I can't. can't deal with it. I can't. Um, I'm just too lazy. I like, I like our conversations to be unedited, unadultered us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. Shut up. I want to tell you about my day. So uh, <laughs> I've been... Uh, I spend most of the day... Here's my, here's my day. I watched a 90s slasher called Cherry Falls. Yeah. Okay. The premise of this movie. Also, Michael Bean is in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Aliens, Terminator, a lot of James Cam- James Cameron movies. Yeah. Fame. Um, if you don't know who Michael Bean is, you, sh- you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. podcast. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true. true. Keep listening. Yeah, please, he please. is Kyle Reese. He was Hicks? Uh, yep. He was Hicks. He was Hicks, right? Yeah, the one of the one of the survivors in Aliens, yeah. James Cameron's Aliens, and then one of the unfortunate casualties in David Lynch's uh, Alien Three. <laughs> no, wait, was it David? Uh, uh, no, um, I always fuck that up. No, no, yeah, not David Lynch. <laughs> Wrong one. It's um, uh, David Fincher. Fincher, that's the. I always yes. confuse the two for some reason. Yes, he is an unfortunate casualty of David Fincher's. <laughs> um, um, yeah. And an unfortunate casualty in David Fincher's career because he doesn't he does not recognize Alien Three in his filmography. Yeah, he like, just if you it. show him the posters, like what's that? <laughs> what's that? He doesn't recognize it at all. <laughs> like I don't know what that is. No, that's is nothing. Is that my name on the poster? <laughs> Why is my name on this poster? I don't is know he, what this is. Is he um, is he recognized for that anymore? Did they bring in a new director? For, like, no, no, I, I'm trying no, to remember. no, no. It's it was it's his. filmed by David Fincher, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it but is, it got fucking chopped yeah, up yeah, in the editing. Yeah, I mean. Um, he he directed the movie. had an awful had an awful time. Let's talk about awful. What is this? You don't like that? I think I. Um, oh god. So is this uh, tangerine? So brought- okay, it's a dark lager with tangerine peel and star anus, and I don't <laughs> like. I do not like black licorice, sir. And this star anus is not helping anybody's cause right now. I know that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how it tastes to me. <laughs> if. The anus wasn't a star. Would you be okay with it? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um, this la- uh, I brought two different beers from the Common Good. Uh, one of them was uh, a brown ale, and the other one is is that a bottle? You're opening a bottle, Jameson, and swigging swigging from the bottle. Last time I saw you do that is when you lost volleyball. Oh God! Yeah, that was the last time I saw you do that. Oh, all right. Let me just finish the story about my day. I watched Cherry Falls, the premise for this movie. Michael Bean's in it. That's how we got onto this crazy tangent. And um, the premise for this movie—it's a slasher from the '90s, post Scream. 
So yeah. it's got that sort of 90s kids in school, small town sensibility. Um, but a killer is going around and they find that there's a pattern in the, in the kids that he's killing or that this this killer is killing. A, uh, they are all virgins. So the movie. Oh, God. The, the and this gets out. Word gets out is that this uh, this killer is murdering virgins. So at some point, like you could, I highly recommend people go back and seek this movie out because it's so insane. The movie is so insane. I had so much fun watching this movie. It's such an it's 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 the premise is totally unique. You know, it's certainly unique. I have never heard. The dialogue is ridiculous. There at, at, two samples of dialogue from this movie. One is someone refers to themselves as the Poontang clan. Okay. That's one. And uh, the Poontang clan is something to fuck with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the second line is at, at, at some point when, when the word gets out, all the, the high school kids organize a giant sex party because they want everybody to lose their, they don't want to be target. For this killer, so they organize what ends up being just this gigantic orgy, right? Um, and when word is getting out, the girls are telling themselves like, "Hey, there's this party tonight. You know, we're gonna go and you know have sex so that we're not on this killer's shit list." Um, but uh, the one girl refers to it as a hymen holocaust, <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, you've got you've got me laughing." Um. And uh, I, I just, I just had so much fun with it. It was really fun to watch. This sounds it's like, like a the... time capsule of a movie from the night from the late '90s slasher, uh, slasher films. How do you mean a time capsule of the '90s? Of like the what? What like slasher? a lot of '90s references? What do you uh, mean? No, I mean '90s. The '90s for horror films were the self-aware slasher movies. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, and basically that's what Scream yeah, had started, right? So this, like, post-Scream 90 slasher film, you know, I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, this movie, Valentine, like, all of these movies, um, Urban Legend, which is what I was going to queue up next. I was going to watch Urban Legend, which is another post-Scream 90 slasher movie. Shot in Toronto at Ryerson, Yes, by the yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that one I've seen. Uh, that one, I actually I, liked it. Yeah, yeah. I remember I'm, liking it. I don't get me wrong. I actually liked this movie. It yeah. was fun, and um, and I just encourage people to watch because it it's it's fun. Uh, it's not particularly scary, but the premise is interesting, and it's unique. It's totally unique. It's like, extremely it unique. It's yeah. probably the most unique premise because typically in most of these horror slash 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 slasher films, yeah, exactly. It's if you're fucking, you are done. Yeah, that exactly. is a death sentence. Exactly, and I think Coitus that was. Is a death sentence. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's kind of what they had intended when yeah, they wrote yeah, the yeah. movie was like, let's turn this, let's turn this on its head. So, and it also has some, you know, like some, uh, you know, with with the whole Me Too movement and all that stuff. There is relevant uh, drama in the movie that's actually like that plays really well now. It's a bit timely. So, right, right, right. Um, I I highly recommend if you if you enjoy that sort of slasher movie thing, don't sleep on this. This one is really really funny. Um. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, so I watched that, and then I watched a bunch of Janet Jackson music videos. <laughs> How do you go from one to the other? Um. What is like the for, segue? For whatever reason, I saw something on YouTube where J Janet Jackson, I guess, is promoting a new tour or something, and she was on Jimmy Fallon. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm a, I was a big Michael fan. Yeah, like, I was course. a big Michael fan, but also through that, I was also a big Janet fan. So when I was growing up. And I just haven't seen her in so long. So I saw this video and I'm like, oh, yeah, what's she been up to? And then I just like wikied her to see if there's like a new album or something coming out. Yeah. But then I just went back and watched all these like Janet Jackson music videos. So I spent like an hour doing this. So I watched, you know, I watched like like Rhythm Nation is an amazing like, like yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing song. I'm like, dude, this is getting regular play in my playlist. How could I? Sleep. How could I forget like how good and how talented she was? That led to watching Lauren Hill music videos. Yes. And, like, that led that led to the Fugees, and then that led to NPR Tiny Desk, which led to, um, which which led to watching Run the Jewels on NPR. That was my day. This was my day. I was just watching music videos. Yeah, just for a really long time. And shit. Yeah, for a really long time. It was it was kind of fun. Um. 
Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I did. I, I I have one other thing. Yeah. Related to music. Listening Go to for it. listening to a podcast called the Boo Crew podcast, which is like a horror podcast um, on the Bloody Disgusting Network. Okay, um, they had what's uh, the Bloody Disgusting Network? So bl- bloodydisgusting.com is like a horror right. news and movie yep. reviews yep, yep, and yep, all yep, that yep. stuff. Um, Emil Hirsch, I don't know if you know who that. Actor I know the is. name. So he's the he's one of the leads in um, Autopsy of James Doe, which we reviewed. Oh yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the younger one, he's not young, yeah, not yeah. Brian Cox, yep, yep, basically. Yep, yep. And um, he was also uh, in, like, The Girl Next Door. I think that was his big breakout role. But there's a ton of other movies he's in. But it's a great interview if you guys, you know, if you guys are interested in his in his roles and stuff. But he he released an album. His band, him and his bandmate, and I can't remember who the who the other person's name is. But uh, they released a, uh, an album called Mnemonic, okay? This entire album is, like, 15 tracks, and it's all, like, 80s synth pop and like pure like and almost like like really like shimmering like synths layered over synth science is like a sci-fi sound on a lot of them yeah and really catchy songs i've been listening to that for like three or four days <laughs> and it's just really like random that i've been listening to this uh emil hirsch's like album yeah. <laughs> which is me. that is very strange it's very strange, but like um, 80s synth is pretty dope. There's actually some pretty interesting sounds within it, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like Carpenter is like one of the one yeah. of the big, one of the Tangerine Dream. I think they like whoever did. I think Tangerine Dream. Who? Uh, I can't remember. They did the score for something, but who did the score for Blade Runner? It was um, oh, I don't. Know. It started with a V. It was just like one name. I don't know. Voltaire? No, I don't know. I'm not gonna. Say, I, I I'm not even gonna guess. But anyway, the '80s were were Actually, a big no, were a big. Um, it could be. A, it could have been Tangerine Dream. I can't remember. But uh, the '80s were definitely big time for obviously like the the synthesizer became uh, prevalent. But movies were hyper affected by that. So a yeah. lot of this album is very also cinematic sounding too. Vangelis. V- Vangelis. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry. Okay. That's why I said Voltaire. Voltaire is like a. Someone that is not yeah. even in the realm of what I'm thinking about. I feel like they're like a painter or mathematician or something. So I'm, something they're not an '80s composer. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't know what you're um, talking about. Yeah, Vangelis and like Carpenter were were definite like sounds from the '80s. But this whole album sounds like that, and it's kind of awesome. So yeah, That'd anyway, be a good that, soundtrack to work to actually is the Blade Runner soundtrack. That's something I got to queue up. I like listening to soundtracks and classical and sometimes even like, uh, depending on what I'm doing, I'll listen to like some, uh, what is it, fucking, um, what's the cool kids listening to these days? Trap? Not trap. Good Lord, no. I can't get into <laughs> oh, that shit. Like, I'm just uh, to... No, I'm thinking like Skrillex and... Uh, oh, dubstep. Dubstep. I can actually listen to dubstep, just not very loud if I'm working. I don't know why. I can count, I can concentrate under that. I can honestly tell you. As long you, as there's not words. If yeah. there's words, I start yeah. listening to the lyrics and then I get completely yeah. distracted. I can honestly tell you dubstep is something that I prefer not to listen to. Yeah. Don't like, I, like I would sound, never push it on somebody. Sometimes the sound is okay, but that's I feel like it's the lightest of dubstep. You know? Scratching yeah. the surface of dubstep. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, as soon as you get you turn dubstep up to medium for me. I'm like, that's too much. That's why I think I have to listen to it like at a lower level. Now. Yeah, I just <laughs> you're it, like literally medium much. volume. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's too it's overwhelming. Right, over overwhelming. That's like the H be- comes before the W. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, that's the English spelling. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Um, I lost my mind a little when I saw the screen test for Matt Reeves as Batman. Yeah, so that came out out of nowhere. And know. I think I liked the music more than I liked the suit. Ooh, really? The music was good. Oh, like, the music was, was really good. great. It's got a little theme the going there. The suit's pretty and... cool. Um, my only gripe with it was, and it's funny, I saw people posting comments, but they were nasty comments, but it was kind of the same thought I had, was like the suit up close um, what looks to be the chest armor looks very foam rubbery, like um, not not even like foam rubber, like uh, like Tim Burton's Batman, where it's yeah. kind of like a you know it looks a more like piece. a leather almost. Yeah, yeah. This looks like like an unfinished foam mat. 
really that was cut up yeah like oh, if, you, look, if really. you look at some of the details, i wasn't looking at it hard i've seen that video once so i, 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 I saw the very first time i noticed it it really? looked it looked very cosplay costumey and okay. then I saw people co- coast, like posting about that in the comments. But they're also tough. Yeah, this ain't shit. It looks like some cosplay shit. I'm like, that's the, that's not. There's never. That's not my interpretation of it. It just it's a screen test. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And to be honest, it was it was well done in terms of the execution. Like, I yeah. I thought that that was a good like the way that he posed, the way mm. that he he walked slowly into frame. Out of focus, out of in focus, focus, in yeah. focus, and yeah. the way that he was moving his arms around to show that the the disconnected shoulder pads yeah. as well, like the movement of the suit looked it looked almost identical to some of the stuff you see in that you saw in Arkham Knight. So that's what I was going to say. Absolutely. I was going to say that, um, well, two things. One, the world never has a universally positive response to no. any ba- to any Batman news. No, no, like, no. no. Um, the ner- the nerdscape is filled with lots of loud, hateful, yeah. spiteful yes, yes, people. Yes. Um, second off, uh, that's what it reminded me of. I saw it. I'm like, this suit looks like the suit from Arkham Knight. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys have never played Arkham Knight, it's almost like like when he puts the suit on, it's like individual moving pieces. Yeah, like the exactly. way the plates move and stuff like that. So it's almost like. You can imagine that when he moves, the plates almost they move like like tectonically, like they're exactly. all like sort of connected, and like they they'll they will allow him to be sort of like flexible, right? And they um, kind of went that route actually in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Um, you want to be able to turn your head, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but you know what? Michael Keaton could do it without turning his head. Why does Christian Bale need to do that? I don't know. I mean, it's a movie. He's not actually fighting crime. Just I look think good. Keaton, I, Keaton could take Bale in a fist fight right now in real life on the streets of L.A. That is bare, bare knuckle brawl between the two of them. Not something that could happen. <laughs> Christian Bale's a fucking monster. Yeah, he is. Oh, no, no. Here, here. <laughs> Christian Bale from The Machinist. Okay. When okay. he weighed like sixty pounds, yeah, versus a gust of wind, <laughs> versus, versus Michael Keaton now, presently, yeah, yeah, I think that, that I would put Michael Keaton down <laughs> yeah. for, for, sure, for sure. Basically, he was Skeletor. But in Michael that movie. Keaton's like five foot eight. He's not a super tall dude. And Look, I'm pretty man. sure Christian Bale's taller. I think, and he's he outweighs him. Michael I mean, Keaton would destroy Christian Bale with his eyebrows. That he would. <laughs> if we're talking like. Deep stairs, deep, deep stairs. angry stairs. Yeah, yeah. If Michael Keaton locks eyes with Christian Bale, it's yeah. game over. It's game over. That's yeah, game you're over. right. You're right. Christian if Bale's just... got to be smart enough to avert his gaze at all times. That's right. That's right. It's the it's the it's the pointy eyebrows that thing is he's got going on. Extreme. Did you ever see? I think he was on Letterman um, before the first Batman came out. But Michael Keaton basically spoiled. The fact that um, the Joker was the one that killed his parents. Oh, he says and it on the talk show? He says it on the talk show. He's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Jack oh. kills my parents. And he's like, oh, shit. I don't know <laughs> if I was supposed to say that. <laughs> it was oh, that's funny. so cringeworthy. I was watching oh, it and just God. like, this Ooh. is the best. <laughs> that's the best thing about YouTube is being able to go back. And literally anything you put in is like, yeah. it's there. It's yeah. there in some capacity. That's right. That's so funny. I got to check that out. Oh. Uh, like <laughs> nowadays, I would be all over the internet and head headlines and stuff. Well, they're still doing that with Marvel these days. Like, what's his name? Fucking Ruffalo. They can't put a mic in front of that asshole. Yeah, him and Tom Holland, I think, are the ones that yeah, they're the they troublesome ones. In. Yeah, they need yeah. to rein in. Just, but, um, I think it was just before Infinity War came out, he spoiled, spoiled the, the end for that. Yeah. The entire end. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't recall that. It's like, everybody dies in this one. And then fucking Don Cheadle's next to him like, like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> It's it's amazing. <laughs> you haven't seen that either. No. I've oh, not that seen one. That. that one you need to see. That's, funny. That's way like the Michael Keaton one's funny. That one's funny because Don Cheadle is just like beside himself, annoyed at at Mark Ruffalo of just dropping wow. that bomb. Wow. It was the best. I don't want Don Cheadle annoyed with me, dude. Don Cheadle, he's also very short looking, but he scares me. Yeah, he I don't know why. Yeah. he's got like. When you see him he's get got back, an edge. You know what I just watched recently was uh, Flight. 
Oh, and when he that. gets mad at Denzel Washington occasionally, there is like an air of this guy can fuck me up, but my dad also is disappointed in me. Like, yeah, he's got both of those reactions in there, and you just cannot console. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. I have nothing more to add to that. That's exactly how I feel about Don Cheadle. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to Batman. Um, yeah, I think the seat lo- suit looks like the Arkham Knight suit, which. Is great, but m- what I was more concerned about is like, how does Pattinson look in the suit? And I think he looks great. I, I think I, you I can't think really got, tell. He's like a young. No, he's, you can see the bottom of his yeah. face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a sharp jaw going on there. He looks. He looks good. Looks I fine. Looks good. I, I I have no problems with it. Like my, younger... my my only comment was just that it looks a little foam rubbery. But yeah. I'll bet you any of the Batman suits, you get as close as they did in that shot and you stay on that shot for oh, as yeah. long as they did, yeah. you're going to start seeing it looking costumey. Yeah. Um, all, overall, I liked it. The, it I, what I noticed on the cowl was there was a lot that looked like there the, was stitching. Like it yeah, looks so almost exposed, cloth-like. Yeah, exposed stitching, yeah. which I liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, did you see the collar? I yes. noticed the collar. I was very, like, that's cool. Very much like Lieber, kind of, Bermejo. Lieber, oh, Liebermejo's Batman. Yeah. Does he have the collar? He has kind of like the taller yeah. collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I had read somewhere that that was that the like the uh, who's the other who, who's the other creator uh, with uh, that works with Bermejo for those those uh, Brian Azzarello. Azzarello. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Those two books are, are the Joker and um, Noel. Batman Noel is actually completely written by Lee Bermejo. Oh, really? it's written and oh. drawn by him. So that's all his. Joker, the one shot, yeah, uh, the like the OGN, the original yeah, graphic yeah, yeah. novel is that's Azarello and Bermejo, and then Azarello and Bermejo worked on before Luther. Joker was Luther, yeah, yeah. Um, both really great books. So if anybody's because because as Brian Azarello, um, pretty good, pretty good writer, but also like there's some there's some dark themes running through some of those oh, some of those books God. to give you a perspective the Joker that, stuff's fucked yeah the to give you a perspective even on Luther like Luther's the way got his really dark stuff the way Brian Azzarello writes it from Lex Luthor's perspective and Bermejo's art's amazing Bermejo's Superman I think is amazing yeah and there's a moment because Luther it's written from Luther's perspective Superman looks so menacing yeah and there's that they have that conversation through the like a skyscraper through the window where Luther is talking to him. It's not even it's, a conversation. He's just yelling at he's him. He's yelling and at Superman. Him. I think just says one thing. What is he? I can't even remember what he says. It's what something like it's something along oh, the lines no, of. No, he's like, oh yeah, Luther is like, can you see my soul? Yeah. It's like you can't you like something like he's like yelling at him. He's like yeah. having this meltdown. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you can't. You, can you see my soul? And all Superman says is. Yes. Yeah. Something and then along he flies away. Yeah. 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 Like, we oh, can go look like, later. I have like, the book downstairs. It's giving me goosebumps. <laughs> like the way, like it's written and it's drawn. It's so. It's very, very. It's affect- chilling. Yeah. It's chilling. That's yeah. the right word. Like the way, the way it's it's port- it's portrayed. Um, yeah. But Berme- like Lee Bermejo's Superman, I think is great. But like talk about his Batman for a second. His Batman looks really, really good. Um, yeah, and his is like the armored sort of Batman, but yeah. taken down a notch. I think like the Arkham Knight suit is like, you know, on the armor scale is higher. Yeah. Definitely higher on the yes, armor. Yes, yes, Bermejo yeah. has some of that tactical armor stuff, but he dials it down a little bit it's in like, his art. It's like armor on like a Keaton-like bodysuit. Yeah. Like it's... It feels like one piece. Like yes, it doesn't yeah, feel like right. separate pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like but it, it it looks bulletproof vesty. Yeah. But I it, guess whereas like right. the usual Batman suit looks like cloth, bo- a body, yeah, bo- yeah right? like a body suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know obviously with with you know Bermejo being a comic book artist in that form, you don't have to show the practical details. Right. Right. So like he can he can use that at to his advantage and say, yes, it's bulletproof, but it doesn't have to look like armor. Right. You know, yeah. You can exactly. make that leap of logic. Yeah. But he's uh, really checking. That. But yeah, so the the collar, which I actually kind of liked, it's not too high or anything. It's not look like he's like a formal affair. Yeah. But like it's uh it's it's kind of cool. I like the I like the change. I'd love if we can start wearing Batman costumes to weddings and it becomes a formal affair. Yeah. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Uh yeah. Yeah, a collared shirt. And my buddy just, Tiggs got his wedding coming up later on this year. Yeah. I'm gonna wear a Batman costume to it. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening. I think he will. I'll um, tell him I gave him a shout out. Um 
Anything Anyways, yeah, that, Batman? Uh, no, not really. I think I mean I, Matt Reeves is a great director. Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor, and they've have, got a great supporting cast. Have you seen The Lighthouse yet? No. You need to watch just this that movie. monologue. Just, just one. That, I feel like that's all. But I need. lobster. But you like me, lobster. <laughs> he's so so upset. What he just what 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 what? I think the beginning of that clip is <laughs> yeah. my favorite part. Yeah. Like the rest of it's great. Yeah. But that beginning part is just two actors saying the same word <laughs> in dueling. <laughs> is dueling what? wonderful? <laughs> that's what it's. Called. That's what the scene's called in the script. Dueling what? <laughs> It's uh if you really want to see two I want to see that script. It's just a page of what? <laughs> what? <laughs> just a whole page. Uh how long is the sorry, script? So... 90 pages. <laughs> One of them is just a single word. <laughs> Six pages are like a single word. And the font just gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> You're at like size 70 font. Yeah, the last the two page. of the six pages is just one what and the other <laughs> one's another what. And like in more exclamation marks as the page goes. <laughs> um, but Robert Pattinson, we talked about this last time. Yeah. He's, he's super capable and I'm I'm really excited. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard is in it as well. And I love Peter Sarsgaard. I yes. think he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do they say who he's playing? They haven't They haven't announced it. They didn't. And um, who is playing, oh gosh. The Penguin? Colin Farrell. That's fucking yes. crazy that casting. I don't know perfect. who thought of that. It's so good. But I'm excited. It's so good yeah. playing playing the penguin, right? Yeah. yeah. I just love Colin Farrell in general. I, I think Colin Farrell that guy is, amuses me to no end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's great. There is no other actor, maybe other than Russell Crowe, that I would want to sit down and have a beer with. Or so a lot. I it, the thing with Russell Crowe is I'd love to sit down and have a beer with him. But I'm terrified he's going to get shit-faced and beat the shit out of me. No, 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 no. See, here's the trick. is You've got to convince him to beat the shit out of somebody else. Because <laughs> someone is going to get the shit beat out of them by Russell Crowe I feel that like night. someone's going to get a phone thrown at them. That's the story I remember. He was in the hotel lobby and he threw a phone <laughs> at someone. Like a, like, a, like a rotary phone. In my mind, it's like a giant rotary phone. He just picked it up and chucked, it over. <laughs> chucked a phone at someone. Um, I feel like Russell Crowe is a person who just gets really, really drunk and then gets into fights. He's actually known for that. Is that his thing? That's his thing. His he would get like drunk as fuck on set and then just leave and go and fight people at bars. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I don't want to be the target of Russell Crowe. No, I don't want to be the target. I want to be the guy next to him in the jail cell after we all get picked up and we get brought over to the, you know, for processing. The drunk, the drunk tank? The drunk tank. Like, Russell, you're back again. Who's your friend? Ah, he's with me. <laughs> um, yeah, Col- Colin Farrell as, as the Penguin I think is great. Um what was I gonna say? Uh, there was someone else. Catwoman is also a really Zoe great casting. Kravitz? Zoe Kravitz, yeah. yeah. That looks. That's. It's. It what? all looks really, really. Alfred's cool. being played by uh, fucking motion capture guy. What's his name? Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> gonna motion caption a really old person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He's. There's no way he's gonna go in there. Here's what like, they're gonna, gonna do. Here's what they're gonna do. Yeah. It's gonna be a completely motion captured performance for Alfred. And the motion capture is going to be Michael Goff from 1989, <laughs> Tim Burton's Batman. That would be the best. <laughs> Andy Serkis playing Alfred, played by Michael Goff from the 1989 <laughs> Batman. Um, yeah, so so I don't know. Like, I think it all looks good. I'm I'm ready to you know I'm I'm ready to see some stuff. From yeah, the movie. absolutely. So, um, They've started filming, right? I think that's what this. I think this is lead up to filming, or yeah. they're in the middle of it. Um, That'd be dope. I got one thing here. Yeah. Um, last time we talked, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I believe is yeah. the title of the film. Scott Derrickson, the original director who yeah. had claimed that this is going to be like a horror film, for, like Marvel's first horror film. Yeah. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's first horror film uh, left the project over creative differences. I was less excited about the movie. And then they hired a new director. Is he hired? I thought I saw. Because I don't have the mic near me. I thought I saw a headline that okay. His first headlines were in talks, and I saw immediate headlines after that that said hired. So, um, it is Sam Raimi, and I am suddenly more 
interested in the project. The issue I have yeah. is that if the original conceit was for this movie to be a horror film and Scott Derrickson was on board, then left because the movie was not going to be a horror film in the way that he wanted it to be a horror film. Yeah. Then they hired Sam Remy, who is known for making horror comedies. Yes. Right? Now, I appreciate The Evil Dead as much as the next guy. I think they're fantastic movies. I really like Army of Darkness. I think it's a fantastic movie. It's yeah. great. That is not what I wanted Doctor Strange to be, yeah, unfortunately. I can see that. But at the same time, Sam Raimi has definite horror cred. Okay? He's got horror, concrete horror credibility because... In my opinion, the first Evil Dead is a straight-up horror film. Absolutely. The second one is where they started injecting some of that physical comedy, and the third one is a full-on yeah. Like, that was comedy. just like let's like have adventure some fun. comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's done a lot of other films. In particular, his return. I think the last movie he directed was Drag Me to Hell. I don't yeah. know if you ever saw that, but I, I really liked that. And uh, he's got certainly like horror credibility. Yeah. I don't think they're going to use any of it in that way. I think it's going to. Could, it seems like, oh, we need this to be funny and to sort of dabble in the horror. Sam Raimi, perfect. Yeah. Like, literally perfect. Yeah. Um, but is it necessarily the movie I I was excited to see when Scott Derrickson was talking about it? Not really. But You know what? Sorry, go ahead. I, I love me Sam Raimi. I love yeah, yeah. pretty much everything he's ever done. And I just, I recently, I've never just seen a... the newest, like, the, the Evil Dead remake, which I think he was a producer on. Oh, dude, the Evil Dead I, remake. It looked fucking creepy. It is, it is good. Yeah. It, it is. It'll make you squirm. That's what I thought. It's like, gonna make it you squirm, scary. but it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very good. It is a straight up horror film in the same way that that Evil Dead One was mm-hmm. a straight up horror film. Um, but I, I be, you're a huge fan of the Evil Dead. Very much. I would say, yeah. yeah. I just never got around to seeing. Oh, it. dude. It's, I think it's on Netflix too. I oh, really dude. Should just hundred percent. Yeah. You should. You should make some time to see that because yeah. it's it's good. It's it's faithful, but it does its own thing. And Fide Alvarez, I think, is the name of the director. Mm-hmm. He is, oh man, he 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 crushes it. The visuals I've seen in the trailer that I saw stuck like stuck with me. Oh, I can dude. still think about the trailer yeah. vividly. It's I saw just, this it movie really great. in the theater. Oh and, yeah, um, dude, I walked out and I'm like, that was that was a movie. <laughs> that movie happened to me, and yeah. uh, it's hardcore is the word I would use. It's nice. definitely a hardcore horror film. Um, I enjoyed it. Not something I was was gonna revisit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but if you're a fi- I, this is a no brainer. You should be watching. You yeah, should yeah, watch yeah, this movie. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. So what what I was gonna say was uh, I think I'm in the same vein as you. Is that for Doctor Strange? I don't know that I want a Sam Raimi film because Sam Raimi right. visuals have a very dis- a distinct style about them. Exactly. Like I mean fucking what was the dark man right oh man such a good movie good movie but the thing is is I, and i mean watching spider-man um like some of the shots and the way that he frames things the nimble the way, camera the, the all of that camera. kind of stuff that he does i can watch as i can watch 15 minutes of a movie and i could probably tell you if it's a sam raimi film or not yeah i didn't yeah. know quick in the dead was a sam raimi film oh. when i started watching it oh really but within 10 minutes i'm like did sam raimi direct this yeah. shit and of course he did. It's the zoom ins. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the nimble camera. Yep. It's the uh, um, close ups. There's yeah. a lot of extreme extreme close ups. Well, extreme close ups. Loves that shit. Um, yeah, he's got a stamp. Yes, and, and uh, I didn't really want that on Doctor Strange because I don't feel like. So about to drink my microphone. I don't know if you saw that. Like, I was like, "Did you see me go like this?" I was like, "Well, no." I saw you do that, but I thought you were actually going to reach for your disgusting no. anus drink. Um, I like this. I like this. Anyway, fucking go ahead. Look, I'm just saying that I feel like Doctor Strange has a certain amount of. Um, I don't want to say subtlety. I want to say, not slick. I I don't know. There's a, a finesse to it. And that he when, has or does not have with, with the with the uh, with the doctor the first Doctor Strange yeah. film there was a certain amount of finesse to oh, it I yeah, thought yeah, he, yeah. like in the crazy visuals and what yeah, they did oh, yeah. and I wanted that except scarier yeah with this film yeah and the problem with Raimi coming in is I feel like we're not going to get that we're going to get the Raimi visuals which yeah. are more ham fisted now I'm not saying that's a bad thing no no I'm just saying that's not what I was hoping for I I agree 100% yeah. I don't want anyone I'm not bashing to... Sam Raimi yeah if you're I listening really, to this yeah. fucking I fucking love me a Sam Raimi yeah. film I just don't love me a Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange film on paper yeah 
that yeah. being said, I'd love to see it still. Yeah. Just yeah. just because I'd, I'd love to see it. I fuck give him big give him big properties like this. I'm happy with that. Just I don't know. That's not he, what I was hoping for originally. Yes, I agree. Um, Stop. Scott Derrickson set a certain vibe with the first movie, and I've seen some of his other movies. And when he got excited about this being a horror movie, I'm like, when a horror director gets excited about the sec the sequel to Doctor Strange being a horror film, I'm like, yeah. this is going to be a horror movie. Like, there's no, there was no other. Uh, that's there's credibility there. Yeah. So when he gets removed and Sam Raimi gets brought on, is that, oh, there's going to be horror. Even um, uh, Kevin Feige was saying in an interview, he was like, yeah, you know, we're not really going for horror. Like, he, yeah. it's actually a quote, and I can't remember the exact quote, so yes. I won't try and... But it was basically backpedaling from the statement Back. that was, this, in the first, mo 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 something, Multiverse of Madness is going to be a straight-up horror film. He's yeah. like, ah, about that. Yeah, yeah, so they're backpedaling on that. Yeah. Unfortunate, but look, I, like you said, Sam Raimi's a fucking legend in yes, my in my absolutely. mind. Absolutely. I don't know if you got if anybody any of our listeners have seen any of the Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, or Army of Darkness, but Evil Dead and and more even almost even more so Evil Dead Two. Yeah. They made for like he made for like no money. Yeah. And set horror trends. Yeah. Like it's one of the it's one of the big it's it's set so many trends and it's been copied so many times yeah sam and and he's done a lot of other great movies that aren't straight up horror films yes um dark man being one of them dark did man he do the second one no no he did the other okay. two are directed video movies okay yeah, yeah which i've seen but i um but uh not directed by him and uh he did a movie called the simple plan with uh i think bill paxton and um oh sling blade what's his name Billy Bob Thornton. I was going to say Amy Jo Johnson, and I was like, that's well, not that's the, the right pink, three. Pink Ranger? Yeah, it's the Pink Ranger. I don't know why that yeah. popped in my head. I could give you several reasons, but we'll move on. Um, yeah, I could too. <laughs> um, so, yes, Sam Raimi directing it. Interested. It's got my interest back again. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the VFX Society did not like any of the comedic jabs at cats, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I could only interpret that as nobody saw it from the VFX land because I just, I mean, I never saw the film, so I'm judging strictly based off of the trailers, which usually aren't 100% final VFX. Yeah. They're usually 90-ish. Like, they're very close if they're not finaled, but it's possible some of the VFX got better in the actual released film. However... VFX folks, let's have a sense of humor about this stuff, mm -hmm. all right? The movie shat the bed. There are jokes to be made. Now, being upset about the fact that saying like, oh, you know, these people worked hard on it and it's it's not the fault of the, the VFX that the movie was shit, it was the story and the story needs to be in place for it to be... Like, yeah, okay, we know that, but this was funny. Well, I, I don't actually know if it was funny. I didn't actually watch the bit that fucking so, James Corden and Rebel Wilson did. But, so let me get this right. Yeah. You didn't watch the bit. No, nah, no. Nah, you haven't nah. seen the movie. No, nah, no. I'm just <laughs> commenting on the fact that the VFX people had to had yeah, to release a statement yeah. about a joke, yeah. whether or not it was good or bad, that was made by two of the most vanilla, boring people that do comedy was that are out there. James Corden and... James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson, unfortunately, right? yeah. Like, um, I, they're not yeah. revolutionary comedians. They're no. kind of just, just spitting some stuff out. I don't not like James Corden. I don't not like... Rebel Wilson. I'm just saying that they're not revolutionary comedians. They're not sure. coming up with anything. I, I doubt they even wrote the shit that they were saying. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But the thing is, a joke's a joke. And to to have to release a fucking statement being like, people worked really hard on this and we're not to be like, who gives a shit? Just let the fucking joke go. At this point, the joke is the movie because it cost probably, what? It cost, probably cost hundred, a uh, it might have been close to 200 million to make. It's really heavy in VFX. And it didn't do very well. And to be honest, it didn't look very good. That's when right. When we first saw it. That's right. Um, having said that, yeah, I think I, uh, I, my opinion on this. I think you're right. I think that I know there's I'm no, right. there's no. And you I mean, do people, too. visual effects artists shouldn't be taking this personally because the rest of the time, actors are being skewered. Right. It's like you know, like. 
someone's going to get be the butt of a joke, yeah. right? And it's and it's going to be someone who worked on the movie almost all the time. It's the director, yeah. Which, I mean, a captain of th- captain of the ship, right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, you gotta you gotta take your gotta take your licks as the actors, right? You know, you've got opening monologues that poke fun at actors all the time and directors and all that crazy stuff. So to 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 have this reaction at a joke that's pointed at them. Uh, yeah. It's oddly, not even that personal. It's a group of people they're pointing fingers at. It's not a person. No, yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's ridiculous. I, so I do agree with that. At the same time, I don't really think that the effects on that movie are bad per se because the director has a lot of in like input, oh, yeah. right? So it's like when a when a when a when an effects studio, especially like a big effects studio, yeah, produces what turn out to be bad effects. Yeah, that's at, like in my mind, I'm like, that's not the studio. No, that's the director, who's the captain of the or ship, the effects or the, supervisor, or whoever. Well, well, I I don't even I don't even think that because I I think that. I, I think that ultimately what you what you get is how how uh, how detail oriented is the director? Yeah. Right. Are they looking at the output? Yeah. Right. Are they are are they scrutinizing it? Yeah. Are they coming back and saying no, this isn't good enough. This looks like trash. Right. And, and the thing so, is, before any of these big ships, you know, get cast out. I'm sorry, I'm fucking up we, the ship analogy. This, this but, analogy is going nowhere. Anyways, before these movies are greenlit, typically if they're talking about doing this heavy of an effects film yeah. and basically replacing all of the actors with their likeness in cat form, yeah. human cat form, yeah. uh, cats, yeah. they, they do all kinds of screen tests and sure. the effects to tests find to the show what it looks yeah. like, right? Yeah. So somebody greenlit this look. Which is bonkers to me because it looked terrible. In yeah. my eyes, it looked terrible. Yeah. And thing is, is I mean, working in VFX as I did, it, it you basically do what you can to get your vision across. Your vision if, being your vision being the artist. However, at the end of the day, if all of a sudden the VFX supervisor or the director or whomever that is ahead of you in the totem pole says we want it to look this way. You do it. You do it. Yeah. We had this fucking... It's a consulting, it's a consulting service. It's a service. Absolutely, right, that yeah. You're, and you're being yeah. paid for yes, it, right? Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, basically, I think basically the point I was getting at was like VFX people or the the, the VFX, I don't know, group, I guess, or yeah. the, the union. I don't know who the fuck put out their, their little PSA saying that, oh, you know, whatever. Um, I... It, Ultimately, it was some. It was a vision problem. I don't think yeah, the VFX sure. were bad, and no. I think the VFX artists like they work tooth and nail, depending on 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 what it is that they're working on, and and it's it's a grueling industry to be a part of. Yeah, um, it's you know it's it's a lot of fun at times, and then when you're trying to final shots, you know, at the eighth hour or the eleventh, the eleventh hour, eleventh hour, the hour, hour, eight. Sorry, quick technical difficulty. Um, anyways, what I was saying is that it's ultimately not the VFX artist's fault. It could have been somebody that was high up in the VFX part of things, like the supervisor or whatnot. But a lot of times it might be the director, it might be the studio. There's so many other places where people's visions were of the cats looking at the way that they did. But it's through no blame of them. I mean, yeah. ultimately it just looked janky. Like the whole idea just looked janky to me. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. When someone says the effects on a movie are bad, like the visual effects studio isn't getting a bad rap. Like I think ILM has done bad effects before. Absolutely. Right? But that's not an ILM problem. That's a, like you said, it's a vision problem, right? It's different. So a lot of times um, and a lot of times if, if the studio can't finish what they're working on, a lot of times it's just, like, like for instance, in Cats, I, I'd read this, I hadn't seen it, but there were shots where, like, you still had human hands in scenes because the VFX people just didn't do the hands. Yeah, so like, because, at a certain because point. And, that's, and that has a lot to do with schedule and time yeah, and time yeah, yeah. crunch. And There's that happens so in video much. games, too, right? Video that happens, games, that happens in, that happens in comic office books. jobs. That Off, happens oh, yeah. everywhere. It happens everywhere, yeah. yeah, exactly. In comic books when you see rushed art, yes, for example, absolutely. right? Like, that happens a lot. So, yeah. um yeah, so it was just an it's a weirdly timed joke because you're just about to give an award for best visual effects. It just seemed like it seemed like an odd time to tell it, but yeah. I'm mostly with you on the fact that they just need to lighten up. Yeah, yeah, it's just I don't know. Everybody's too goddamn sensitive in this world. 
I stand by that. Ooh, speaking of VFX, I did want to bring this up too. Sonic the Hedgehog. It's actually pretty well received so far on the Rotten Tomato scale, at least. Yeah, that must mean it's a good movie. It must mean it's top ten in the yeah. world yeah, of all right. time. That's right. No, I mean, it, I do like... I, you know what I like about it is the fact that they were so quote-unquote quick to pivot when the backlash came out about Sonic's original design. They Yeah, they quite literally they patched their movie. <laughs> they they absolutely did. And that's weird. not a small amount of work. No, no. And, so basically yeah. they had to completely remodel the main character. And if yeah. you know, all of the stuff that they showed in the trailer was probably pretty close, if not already finaled. So they really had to go through and redo all of the animation and everything that was a part of Sonic. They might have been able to reuse things if they were able to use the same skeletal system of the sure. of, of the, the, the animated or the of the character. Um so they might have not had to do as much work, but it's still definitely a lot of work. If you've yep. got a brand new character, you're relighting everything. Yeah. Like, you could probably reuse the same light rigs as well. Like, hopefully, in the best case, they're able to remodel the character and sub them right back in. Yeah. And then you don't have to tweak the lights. You don't have to do anything. Just sub them back in. All the animations basically get applied directly to that new, um, that new model, and you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. But that's not often the case for things like this. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's, that easy a lot of no, times. No, no. And I, I also assume that the budget wasn't there to do this, right? So they had to get more money. I, To be honest, when I watched the original t- trailer, other than him looking a little weird, yeah, I actually was like, oh, this is kind of what I expected. I liked it. Yeah, it was just kind of it. like, oh, it's just like a quirky, yeah. you know, kind of like a kid's movie. And I'm like, hey, this but is then kind the of... nerd rage came out. And everybody's like, it doesn't look like my Sonic. Yeah, I yeah. don't like this. Uh, and and the new remodeled Sonic actually looks good. Looks good. So I'm not. I'm not going to argue. It doesn't look better. Yeah. Um. So I'm not. I'm not too surprised because I actually kind of liked the way the trailer looked, other than the way Sonic looked. Yeah. Um. Did you ever play Sonic? Was that ever a game that you I, played? You know, I was. I've tried it a much? few times because uh, I didn't have a Genesis. You're I right. Super okay. Nintendo. Yeah. And. I'm not good at it. I've tried it as an adult, like on emulators and stuff, and I just can't play it. I'm not very good. There's a certain physics in the, like uh, approach yeah. in that game that's not the same as a lot of other games, yeah. a lot of other platformers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I also don't but, yeah, think I fun... get it. Like, I feel like I'm running around and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, Got to get some fucking rings. Like, I don't yeah. know. You know what other game feels like that, where I'm running around, jumping all over, not knowing what I'm doing, is the Genesis X-Men game. Did you ever play that? Dude, the first one was confusing. The second one so, was dope. The first one was so confusing. I could never get out of the Savage Land. Yeah. In that first, ga- in that first game. Yeah. I'd, use, I'd go through all, through all the X-Characters and just die. Yeah. Because I didn't know where to go. It was, like, it was almost like Metroid. But without any without any corridors, it's like the whole there were just platforms everywhere. You can go up and left. You can go up and right. You can go down and right and down and left. You can go everywhere. I'm trying to remember what that the name of those games were. X Men Two Mutant. No, I'm what was that? Was the first one just called X Men? I think it was X Men. It's I where you could switch all your like you could get Archangel Clone, clone, clone something. It was X Men Two Clone something for sure. Yeah. Um, that one was a great game. I really liked that. That was something I actually, again, I played as an adult because yeah. I was like, this game was always popular and always yeah. regarded as very uh, high quality X Men game. Right. And it, it was. It was dope. But my my X Men jam was always X Men Mutant Apocalypse on Super Nintendo. It was. I think it was a Capcom game. Mutant Apocalypse. Yeah. The arcade beat 'em up. No, no, no. It wasn't an arcade. That, oh, the that, the one on one, the fighter. No, no, no. It wasn't Less that either. It was Adam. like, um, it was basically, you can choose five players. Uh, it was cool. Like, you had, like, different waves of stuff. So, like, the very first wave was, you have uh, Psylocke, which was an odd choice at the time, mm-hmm. because she was, like, not really well-known of the female characters, but she's the only female right. character. Uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, and Gambit. Okay. And you go through and play a level for each of them. And you have to beat them to finally go on and you choose a character, but it's the same level for all of the people for the second wave. But on the first wave, everybody has their own unique levels with their own unique bosses. It's really dope. That's so real. What's it called? Uh, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. X-Men colon Mutant Apocalypse. Um, never heard of it. And that gameplay doesn't sound familiar to me. So I'm going to check that out. I might yeah. have it on my... Yeah. Um, have it around. Do yeah. So that's, uh, that's Cats. 
<laughs> Fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> and then Sonic. Oh, the other thing I want to mention about Sonic is it is good to see Jim Carrey in something playing like the Jim Carrey that I know and love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the was guys, the other part that seemed attractive to me. I was like, oh, it's Jim Carrey doing his Jim Carrey thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I haven't seen that. Like, I don't feel like I've seen that in a while. And I, I, they I just did like the it. Dumb and Dumber sequel. Yeah, I never saw that. Never saw it. As much of a fan as I am of the first Dumb and Dumber, I just couldn't bring myself to see it because I'm like, I feel like I'm not going to like this. Yeah, I uh, I did not see it. I yeah. am I like Dumb and Dumber, but I was never a massive fan Huge of Dumb and Dumber. Um, Fucking love that movie. But uh, but yeah. Um, I got one more thing here. I read uh, I read something while I was on vacation or, or a graphic novel. We were talking about this earlier, and actually, Alien Three came up. Earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's William Gibson's Alien Three. William Gibson is a science fiction writer, and he was paid to create a script for Alien Three that they promptly didn't use, tossed out, and used another script. Nice. But that was in the early '90s, and since then, I think it's Dark Horse that got the rights to the script. Yeah. And they made a really cool graphic novel. Out of it. So it's William Gibson's Alien 3, and it's adapted by uh, Johnny Christmas. Get the... F- that yeah. is not a name. That is a name. That is being made up. Johnny Christmas. You're telling me lies. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's that's the name. Johnny Christmas. Um, this story, the art is really cool, and uh, the approach to the story uh, is actually everyone survived. So at the end of Aliens, Newt, Sigourney Weaver, and Hicks, Michael Bean, played by Michael Bean, uh, were in the Sulaco, and they go into hypersleep. At the beginning of Alien 3, they drift through a part of space that is uh, split, so essentially this region of space is split in half by two different factions, and they float through that that area of space and each faction gets a piece of the ship they board the ship and take something different right um they basically hold on back up do they do they organize what they no 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 what i mean to say is that the ship is floating through them and they had two boarding parties yeah uh uh, one so i think one thing the ship drifts to them and the other one was they boarded it and they took something off of it so now each of these two different factions have like a piece of information about what happened to the Sulaco. Okay. But the problem is they're they're almost they're in a cold war, basically. They're in like an arms race where it's a very, very shaky truce between these two factions. Yeah. Um so anyway, I'm explaining this a lot. I don't need to. The point is I thought this is a really great setup because Aliens was like James Cameron's Vietnam movie. Yeah. The whole a superior nation coming to a place with superior technology, but still gets their asses kicked by the natives, so to speak, right? Right. So that was Aliens. And Alien 3, this story, William Gibson's Alien 3, this comic, it's like, okay, they went from the Vietnam to the Cold War. So this whole thing is very sort of politically charged, and it's cold. It's kind of like emulating the cold war and i thought this was really cool setup and that's like the first half of the book the second half of the book is definitely more splattery monstery science fictiony in that alien way and i think it loses some steam in that regard yeah uh but the first half is a really great a really great setup so i actually i liked it um and if anyone's sort of interested and if there are any alien fans out there i highly recommend checking it out as a movie that could have been and i think it would have been really interesting take on it ripley is not in it that much Re- oh, she's I, okay. in it but she's not in it michael bean is not even that in it uh hicks is it all prominent on new characters yeah or? a lot of new characters oh. yeah a lot of new oh. characters so uh so yeah so that's alien th- william gibson's alien 3 it was the art is really good so uh and uh and william gibson is a pretty uh i think he's a it sounds like he was a pretty prominent science fiction writer, so a lot of the jargon that's used yeah. is very convincing. The whole thing is really well thought out in terms of how, what the political temperature is at that time, the climate, the political climate at that time, yeah. and between these two factions and how it would work, how it could work in space, how that technology could work. It's all sort of like pretty well thought out. Um, so do yeah, you, do you think you like this version of the third Alien film for it better than what we got? Oddly enough, and we could talk about this later. 
without getting into too many spoilers, this inadvertently, and since it was developed in the early 90s, shares some commonalities with Prometheus and Covenant, surprisingly. So um, you like what they already made? Uh, just because the other two that you mentioned are dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alien 3, the film by David Fincher, I've always liked. Not David Lynch. Not David Lynch. Right. David Lynch's Alien 3 would be slightly, probably different and a little more psychedelic. But yeah. uh, but I like that movie a lot. Yep. But I also like Alien Resurrection, so I probably have very poor taste in my Alien film likes. I also kind of like Prometheus and Covenant. There isn't an alien film that I dislike other than maybe the Alien vs. Predator movies, which I don't really dislike as much as kind of like treat them like Friday the 13th sequels. They like missed, that's kind of like... They, yeah, they, <laughs> they, like, they missed the... Yeah, they, they did not. I can't. <laughs> All right, Those we'll leave it at fellas. that. Um, but yeah, so this is it's a pretty cool book. It's out in hardcover right now. Really nicely produced uh, hardcover. It's pretty pretty nifty. Got it. You should borrow it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I'll take it off you next time I mm-hmm. get over there. Um, all of this reminded me of something, and then I completely forgot, but I don't recall. Um, we are at 57 minutes yep. at this point. Do you want to call it early? I think No, I mean, I think that's totally fine. I talked about everything that I wanted to mention, the and we're going to get into another. I was going to mention was Castlevania and the fact that I haven't watched past the first season. Oh, I've never been a huge Castlevania fan. Yeah. I never really played it that much, okay. to be honest. And I know that it's an amazing game, apparently. It's it's yeah. challenging. It's That's a challenging thing. game. Yeah. yeah, a challenging platformer. Super Castlevania, I think, is really the pinnacle of the platforming side. Yeah. When you get to Symphony of the Night on the PlayStation, that's when they introduced a lot of the RPG elements. But Castlevania, Super Castlevania... Is this for Super Nintendo, I would say like that is the pinnacle of what pure, like pure Castlevania was. A side scroller with really challenging platforming, great yeah. graphics, great music, great bosses, um, and then then the world just expanded. Yeah, uh, with Symphony of the Night. Um, How was season two of the uh, of the series? I liked it. Netflix? I liked it. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think the the take on it's like super interesting. Yeah, it's really well voice acted. Um, the animation's fun. Like I, I like the creature designs and yeah. a lot of the action. There's one action scene where I think I think it's in the first season where Alucard and the Mage, sorry, yeah. and uh, Simon and like it's not like Simon, it's Trevor, Trevor Belmont, Trevor, yeah, yeah, uh, fight. They have kind of this like like the two on one where they discover Alucard at the end of the first season. I think, yeah, I really like that fight. And there's more of that, you know. So I I enjoy it. I gotta I like revisit it because yeah, I, I never got into it after. I'm behind on that, and I'm also behind on Voltron, which I actually really like. Yeah, we, um, my my wife and uh, Shugu and I, we watched Vol- a lot of Voltron. We're yeah. behind on that, and we also like Troll Hunter, Troll Hunters. I haven't on, watched um, any of that. The I tried Del watching Toro. the first season. Yeah, sorry, the first episode, and I just never got back into it, just because of time, not because yeah. I didn't like what I was listening to. It's great, de- like like that and Voltron, like great designs. And Is great Kelsey Grammer and- in it? Oh yeah. Okay. It's great. He's. I don't great. know why. That's the only thing I remember from it. Oh yeah. Kelsey yeah. Grammer's in that. He uh, he voices one of the trolls that has Ooh, like uh, so eight eyes or something. It's really, it's really good. The animation's really cool. The designs yeah. are really cool. Like, I'm pretty really sure well- DreamWorks does that actually. I think they're involved. Yeah, it's DreamWorks. Both. Yeah, it is DreamWorks. Both yeah. are both are DreamWorks animated. Uh, Castlevania too. No. Why did I think that? Castlevania. What was the other not. one we were just talking about? So Voltron. Voltron. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Castlevania is done not. by a completely different yes. yeah, studio. Yeah. It's like an anime, so yeah. it's probably a Japanese studio. I yeah. think, uh, although I don't know for sure. No idea. But, uh, no. But yeah. But yeah, I knew Voltron. When I was there, we'd gotten the uh, the rights to a bunch of different. Like I think we had the rights to He Man and Shira. Uh, Voltron, like we got a whole bunch of these rights that we had ended up getting for TV, but right. that also applied to Netflix. So like everybody was super excited to be working on this stuff, but then they had spun off kind of like a whole different branch. Division? Yeah, yeah to, for to deal with that sp- stuff specifically. No, that some of that stuff is really cool. Yeah, uh, I really good do properties. enjoy that. Yeah, very much good so. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I oh, uh, another quick thing. Yeah, I yeah. remember reading The Witcher is getting an animated series on Fuck Netflix. Fuck that show. Netflix? And uh, it's it's the same studio who did the Legend of Korra. Ooh, that 
animation on The Legend of Korra yeah. is incredible. It's so fucking good. I gotta finish that, it's man. Legend a, of Korra was good. It's such a high sta- high standard of yeah. animation. I really love it, and I'd love to see a Witcher series. We could talk about The Witcher some other time. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, like just an animated series with The Witcher done by the studio that did Legend of Korra. The, uh, it, that's speaking my language. I True. like it. Yeah, I could do that. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm reliving The Witcher, like, just in my head right now. Um, yeah, let's not get into that, because that'll be a long conversation. Yeah, let's save that for another time. Um, yeah, let's close it off. Uh, right. One thing I will beg you to do is please watch Lock and Key. Oh, yeah, Uncle. i got to get to that. Yeah, um, we're going to do an episode on that. We'll do an episode I want to do it so soon. I just finished it. You did? Okay, don't say anything. Oh. Don't even look at me. Don't look at me right now. I don't want to even know how you feel about it through your eyes <laughs> just look away look away um yeah we'll do an episode on lock and key uh that's that's definitely a must yeah yep yeah okay man yeah let's call it this has been Nottle. this is justin see you guys next time see you on the flips <laughs> stop it take care guys <laughs>